the blast from our past network. Hot right? Hot right? Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans, giving you every episode of Seinfeld back to back. Hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm Adam. I'm Corey. I was like, oh, he hasn't done the Oprah intro in a long time. Wait a minute. This isn't the Oprah no, intro. That's, it's kind of loungy. <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of different, kind of funky loungy. Uh, today we are talking... The Opposite, Season 5, Episode 21, the last episode for Season 5. It first aired on May 19th, 1994, and I do want to chime in with one little bit of, uh, I guess, somewhat trivia thing here. Uh, this is the last episode that Tom Sharones, or Tom Sharones, directed. Oh. Um, he's done like 90% of all the episodes up to this point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about because a couple of few episodes ago was the last one uh, the main Larry writer. Charles. Larry yeah. Charles was uh, done with. So, yeah, it looks like season five is wrapping up the uh, the big crew. The behind-the-scenes shuffle mm -hmm. is going to be happening in season six, essentially. Yeah, very curious uh, how it's going to work out if, if – you know, I mean, I know we know we've seen those shows, but, like, seeing them this close together – is going to be like, wow, was there a dip or was there an mm -hmm. improvement or et cetera, et cetera. But for now, I want that synopsis, Corey. Could you please hit me with it? Of hit course. me with your best synopsis. Sorry, I'm feeling very musical today. <laughs> oh, I like it, buddy. I like it. <laughs> All right. The opposite. George decides to do the opposite of his instincts and everything falls into place. Even a job with the Yankees. Meanwhile, Elaine loses her boyfriend in her job, but Jerry remains even Steven. Uh-huh. This is that classic Jerry even Steven trope that we do see. Um, we've referenced multiple times already. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. Per usual, the episode starts off with a stand-up, and this one is about handkerchiefs. Oof. The... The grossest thing in the world to me, Corey. And then that's me. That's not the stand-up. I hate uh, handkerchiefs. I think they're nasty. All right, here we go. Wow. I'm very different people. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Um, it's hard to justify, at this point in human history, the existence of men and their handkerchiefs. I mean, they open it up, blow their nose in it, and then put it back in their pockets with their valuables. Wallets, keys, mucus. Yep, I've got everything. It's because men can't give birth that they're proud of everything that comes out of them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we actually have a monogram sewn on them. What is the source of pride here? We actually have it sticking out of the, the breast pocket of our jacket. I have a snot rag. Yeah, he does a little nice little funny maneuver at the end right there. But yeah, so do you have a handkerchief? Do you have a monogrammed handkerchief? I have no monogrammed handkerchief. Okay. Um, but, and I... I I do carry it around sometimes when I'm sick. I have a couple of handkerchiefs, uh, but they have some personal meaning to me. My grandfather had handkerchiefs all the time. Yep, mine too. Uh, my dad is a big handkerchief guy. So I grew up watching some of the male figures in my life, two of the most important male figures in my life, use handkerchiefs all the time. Uh, when my grandfather passed away, you know, my grandmother was like, hey, a couple 
you guys can take, you know, if there's something of, of your grandfather's that you want to take, you know, what do you want? I think some, I took like a pocket knife and I took a couple of his handkerchiefs. Hmm. And so I've, so the handkerchiefs I use were my grandfather's and, and I rarely use them. I rarely carry them around, but like if I'm sick, I'll do it. And I have no issues with the handkerchief. Um, and so fuck Jerry Seinfeld and his hate of handkerchiefs is what I'm going to say <laughs> because I miss my grandfather. So fuck him. <laughs> I was going to, before you talked about how, you know, it related to your grandpa, I was going to make fun of you being now the oldest uh, member of Cartwright and Seinfeld podcast team. I always get made fun of being uh, 42 years old as being the old one here. But and I don't the entire, the entire network. Not, yeah, not just, not, yeah, the entire network, you are the old fogey. Uh, well, Zach is older, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but now, yeah. now you may have to take the cake with uh, with the handkerchiefs, buddy. <laughs> Fine. No, I have no issues. I I mean, probably when I get a little bit older, I'm already old though. I'm I'm 35. Yeah, like, it's, it's it. You're, yeah. It's over, buddy. You're you're not a kid anymore. You're an adult. You're old. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. All right. So there's our handkerchief uh, comedy act. I I mean. Either way, it was okay. It was okay. I didn't think it was a great stand-up. I thought it was an okay stand-up. Okay. Hey, man, I think it's cool that you have a connection to your grandpa with that. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, you know, being a latchkey kid growing up in the 80s, my grandpa uh, was instrumental in raising me, and I was very Mm -hmm. close with him. So I I totally understand that, and props for that, buddy. I I I like it. That's my little insight. I mean, yes, it really didn't affect my (laughs) enjoyment or, (laughs) you know, hatred of the, the... uh, stand up, but all right, let's get into the breakdown. Uh, George, I got a weird shot. I do not love this shot of him just starting off with him at the beach looking kind of sad. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It just didn't seem necessary. We then cut to Elaine who's getting a promotion. I thought to myself, well, didn't Toby just have this promotion? But I guess maybe she didn't work out. And uh, so now maybe they she took the senior editor spot. Yeah, so that that was my only note for this. I was like, so Elaine got the promotion? Like, what happened there? Maybe she when she lost her toe? Or no, but she, she got the promotion because she yeah. lost the toe. So, the yeah. little guy is back at the yeah. end of the line where he's supposed to be. I, You know what? I bet you Toby just annoyed the shit out of, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Littman. <laughs> Littman, yeah. Hashtag yeah. R. Littman. Yes. Uh, yeah, but he's also sick right now. Just something little setup that we've got. Uh, we cut to Elaine telling Jerry all about it at Monk's. In comes George. Here, we could have just seen him being down in the dumps right here where he walks in. We didn't really need him at the beach. No, at absolutely not at all. Like, yeah, you could have just literally had him walking in, and it would have been totally fine. Of course, like, it's great. It's fine because the that beach scene was literally like ten seconds long, you know. But yeah, yeah there was it was completely unnecessary. Yeah, um, he mentions that he's realized every decision that he's made in his life is wrong. So, uh, in doing that, when he's ordering his lunch, it then cl- kind of clicks for him. He should be ordering the opposite. Mm-hmm. He usually does tuna on white, and so this time, no, 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 chicken salad on rye, untoasted, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> with, with tea instead with of coffee. With tea instead of coffee. Um, I like Jerry's little line of. Chicken salad is not the opposite of tuna salad. It's salmon because they swim upstream <laughs> against the current, which I thought is kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, no, it's it's actually a perfect Jerry observation, you know? Yes. And I mean, and maybe it's just me. Also, I don't think the exact opposite of a sandwich is also a sandwich. I think you have to go, but it just depends on what the yeah. opposite is. But Well, and also you don't want to be taking advice from a man who's eating cereal at a diner like that. <laughs> like, like, no. <laughs> God, that's, he does. Like, who? And I've seen cereal, like, on restaurant menus. And yeah. I'm just like, who the 
fuck? What crazy person? You have to be legitimate insane to order cereal at a restaurant. J- Jerry Seinfeld is that crazy person. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so this woman, attractive woman, looks at George and she ordered the exact same thing that he did. Whoa, it's already working for him. Uh, and so he kind of gets coaxed into doing the opposite again and talking to her. And another great line here from Jerry where he's like, if every instinct that you have is wrong, then the opposite has to be right. <laughs> it has to be. It, yeah. And you know what? Jerry is correct. Yeah, he is. He knows what he's talking about. So uh, he George goes up. He hits on her, uh, tells her the, the truth immediately, which is, again, against his instinct. Mm-hmm. His instinct would be to lie to try to impress her. And he tells her, uh, I'm a, you know, unemployed bald man living with my parents or whatever he says uh and she's into it <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> it's awesome i mean it's it's a great setup dude a great beginning yeah and i want to say i wish real life was like that but to an extent if you have confidence in yourself and that really does work yeah just if, if you're just like hey baby that's me um or uh you know th- there's a bit of that but then a lot of the times you know his his honesty and the the truths in his life are never impressive. <laughs> so, so it's strange that it would work. Never impressive. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. right. He's, he's not. It's oh. not. And yeah, dude, like uh, it, it's, you don't know if it's like, is it, is it the opposite is working or is it just the fact that like he's putting energy into this idea and it's mm-hmm. kind of giving him the confidence to move forward. But whatever the case, he definitely uh, swung for the fences on that one and connected. So good job, George. Yeah. So. We cut to the apartment. Kramer is excited about his book. Um, you know, he's going to start going on a book tour. He's going to be on Regis and Kathy Lee. Man, that was like seven hosts ago, way back. I even, I even have trouble <laughs> saying Regis and Kathy Lee. Now, I know they were together for a while, but then she left, and then Regis, then Kelly came in, and it was Regis and Kelly. Uh, and then Regis Philman, um, he retired. It was like, and it was Kathy Ke- Lee and Michael at some point. Or yeah. no, Kelly and Michael and Kelly and others. I can't remember. And, it did and jump around. Regis and Kathy Lee were like the staple of when I was yeah. growing up, you know, in this age, yes. or this era, basically. And I'm not going to lie, I had a big crush on, on Kathy Lee Gifford. What? So. I don't know, man. She's kind of milfy hot to me, baby. Season of sleaze. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not once did I think Kathy Lee was like, you know, I mean, she's not unattractive but never never even was i like you know when i was younger being like ooh yeah hot kathy lee it's like ooh no you're like <laughs> half a step from kathy griffin annoying uh, kind of thing i just don't find you enjoyable okay okay i would not put her in the the kathy griffin category I, but okay I, she I, is 100 in the kathy griffin oh. uh she is not an enjoyable funny person <laughs> i'd rather fuck regis <laughs> You're bonkers, man. Wait, what does he say? Boncos. There you go. Yeah, bon- He's bon- This guy is boncos. Boncos. I don't even know what the hell that means. I know. Well, Regis is ridiculous. But all right. But Kramer here, he's kind of talking to Jerry about, um, you know, everything on his life is balance- balances out. And, you know, we get the discussion. Oh, yeah, that he's even Steven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love that one. And that's a, this is like one of my favorite Jerryisms here uh, mm-hmm. all through high school and one. I just I loved the even Steven energy, essentially. But uh, did you hear we got a puffy shirt reference when uh, oh, I think I Kr- Kramer was like, what should I wear? And I think Jerry says something like, oh, I got a puffy shirt for you. I was like, hey, oh, there we go. That went, that went over my head. Oh, I'm glad you saw that. You caught that. Very good. Uh, all right. George continues to do the opposite. Um, 
and I do find things particularly well or particularly funny when he's on this date doing mm-hmm. the opposite and when he calls off these loud punks in a movie theater and he just he just lays into them which of course he would just be a, a pretty much be a bitch and just kind of like he would never step up to someone like that before no no and obviously we all know that if they did take him up on uh going outside you know and trying him uh yeah. he would lose but honestly i've been in that situation before where you just have to lean into, you know, the crazy or lean into the indestructibleness of it. Like, you know, you know what? I'm going to just go buck wild on you. And then the person backs down. It's happened. I've done it twice and it's worked. And both mm. times, like George, if it hadn't worked, I would have been in a real pickle. Yeah, it's um, it's different. I'm not very good at the confrontation during a movie theater because one, I'm just like, why would people talk? Don't they just know it's you just you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't, I don't, it doesn't do well. I mean, the thing is like, I'm okay with like the physical confrontation. If we had to go outside, I'd be fine and, and not afraid. I'm not afraid of fights. I've actually been in some bar fights. It's not a big deal. Um, but like the, I don't know. I just don't feel like the necessary. And so I'm not always good. It has happened before where I've had to like, and I try to be polite about it, but you know, I, if I need to do it, I should just, I should lean in a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm a thick enough dude. I can probably be intimidating enough if I needed to. And let's all agree that there is a special place in hell for people who talk during movies oh, because, yeah. I mean, we all paid for it. And I'm going to put this on the record again. I've done it before, and I saw Enemy at the Gates with Trent Reznor, and he was the best movie-going experience <laughs> I've ever had in my life yeah. because he didn't say shit the entire movie. <laughs> Thank you for... Shutting up, Trent Reznor. I'm so happy for you. Thank you for being a great movie-going person. Yes. Yeah. I told you, did I, did I share my Avatar movie-going experience here? Probably. It sounds familiar. Pro- was someone talking during it? No, 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 no. No one was talking about it. it was, no. well, cause just because was it Danny talked- DeVito? Yeah, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Just because you said you had your celebrity <laughs> yeah. one, I had my celebrity one I'm fairly one certain that was probably the exact same episode we talked about both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could have just turned around and grabbed him. And he was <laughs> right there. Grabbed his little feet. Grabbed his little feet. <laughs> You're mine now, Danny. <laughs> but, I love Danny DeVito. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, oh, and, and one of the other most hilarious parts is that he turns down sex at the end of the night. Yeah. And of course, George would never do that. But yeah, he does. And it, it just makes him more of an enigma, you know, more of like this impressive person to her. It's so good because she goes, she says something like, like, who are you, George Costanza? And he's like, I'm the exact opposite of every man you've ever dated. And you yeah. know that just made her sploosh right there. <laughs> Well, what is sploosh, sir? That sounds like something perfect for the season of sleeves. If you watch Archer, then you know what sploosh yes, is. Yes, sploosh. Ah, Archer. Yes. I love that show. I do, too. Man, that's a that's a fantastic... I mean, it's gotten worse and weirder um, in these last couple seasons, but I would say those first, like, five, four or five seasons, I really liked. I tapped out after Vice, like, Archer Vice, and I yes. know it's fine and all, but I think I was just fatigued. But, man, when I was in it, like, we went and saw Archer live in L.A., and, like, so it, it was funny because they had, you know, Aisha Tyler was there, and obviously H. John Benjamin was there, but it starts with the actor who plays Archer's 
like character model, right? Like what mm-hmm. they use as a reference. He came out and he was basically mouthing what H. John Benjamin was saying oh. off camera. And it was funny because he's like, look at me. I bet you didn't realize Archer was just as good looking in real life. And then, you know, if you've ever seen H. John Benjamin, he doesn't look that much different <laughs> no. than uh, than Danny DeVito. So yeah. uh, it was good. It was really and, and basically they just kind of did like a a pseudo table read slash mm-hmm. open Q and a thing. It was really fucking cool to be honest with you. Nice. Yeah. I, I was, it was around that same, like the vice stuff when they started getting a little just weird with their stuff. I, I just, I mean, it's always weird, but you know, they started doing like themed seasons yeah, and I just, right. I, I didn't care for it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I know I'm with you. I'm with you, but I kind of want to go back and kind of go through the newer stuff and see how it is. Cause I do hear, you know, people are like, ah, it's fine. It's fine. It's stupid. It's Archer. It's like, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so uh, Elaine is uh, at the movies. She's trying to get a, you know, she doesn't, uh, she's dating Jake Jarmel, and uh, she's gonna, you know, meet him up. And we get the manager come over, and it's French Stewart. Hey, French and Stewart. Kind of like, kind of like forget about French Stewart. He was on Third Rock from the Sun. Is yeah. by far the most uh, famous thing that he was on. I mean, He's a very squinty guy. Well, and the thing is, like, he, you know, you can tell his eyes are a smidge squinty in real life, but that, like, that face that he makes for a third rock from the side, he did that for that character, and yes. that poor bastard had to do that for, like, eight seasons or yeah. however long that show was on. I'm sure he was, I'm sure he regretted that decision, like, by <laughs> season two. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Well, were right, you, were t- you ever a Third Rock from the Sun I fan? I, yeah. I, I wasn't a hardcore fan. Yeah. I was not, like, a, um, you know scheduled viewing fan but when it popped up or if it popped up in syndication and it was on I, it's not a show i would turn away from yeah because i'm the exact same way yeah hey everybody Corey here i just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages hey everybody welcome to talking back the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies comics video games and more i'm your host tim and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. And now, back to the show. So anyway, the manager tells... Elaine that Jake Jarmel was in an accident and he was in the hospital. And so, okay, all right, she's going to go try and get him, but she's right at the, at the uh, little counter <laughs> for some food. And she grabs a quick thing of Gigi fruits before she leaves. But in Elaine's defense, that candy counter was literally one step away. Yeah. Uh, I get, I, I get where Jake Jarmel going to go with it, but at the same time, she was so close and nobody she- was there. She was right there. There was no line. There was no line. Yeah. Nothing. The, like the next, like literally yeah. three, like what? Two minutes tops right no. there. And if she's hungry, she's hungry. So fuck you, Jake Jarmel. Exactly. In this <laughs> next scene, they're at the hospital and he's all curious about where she got the ha- candy and he's upset. And I'm just like, yeah, fuck you, man. If she's hungry, let her get some goddamn juji fruits. She was right there. Right she even there. says I was right there, um, but she was. She literally was, but... You know, he gets all pissed about it, and I'm just I'm just like, fuck you, man. Who cares? It's some goddamn Juji Fruit. You're fine. You're absolutely fine. So what are you complaining about? Are you a Juji Fruit fan? Hell yeah, I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm a I had I, I I like the Juji Fruits particularly um because they're not like the dots. Dots have like similar flavors, but dots have 
Now I don't. Now I'm pretty sure Gigi Fruit doesn't. And let me let me double check because if they do, then I'm I'm wrong on this one. Um, you could have it revor- reversed. You mean? No, yeah, no. I think I'm right. Gigi Fruits don't have a black licorice flavor. Okay, okay. Oh no, no, they do. One of them is anise. Damn, that's a problem. I hate the anise ones. I hate <laughs> je- black licorice. So. I, I will throw that shit away. I like I like the I like how chewy they are. Yeah, um, me too. I, and I like the fake fruity flavor makes me happy. Um, but I hate I hate black licorice. And so anything that has anise flavoring, it should just be gone. Just take that shit out of here. Like who the fuck likes that? No one. Yeah. No one likes black licorice. If you do, you should die. I hate you. <laughs> I was just I was just gonna say I don't like it when I'm like mixing it with things, but I can eat it if it's the only thing I'm eating. Like if I'm just uh, eating a black liquor <laughs> thing, that's fine, but I don't go out of my way to eat it. But I don't I don't like it when it gets mixed in with fruit. Like why yeah. did that ever become a thing that got mixed in with fruit? It takes over the flavor. Yeah, it takes over and, everything. And when I eat my candies, particularly well, pretty much any of these like types of candies, I pour a big ass handful and I chuck it in yeah, my mouth. Like, like a with lane. my skittles, you're, you're like I'm a lane. Like, <laughs> exactly. I chuck it in my mouth. I do. I want all the flavors to mix yeah. and, and like you know. I don't do a one at a time. That's for idiots. I like it. A handful <laughs> of juicy fruits, a handful of skittles, handful of anything like that. I want it in my mouth like that. <laughs> we need to do a candy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Adam just shoves food into his mouth and starts talking. We'll see. See if it works like that, just like how Elaine does. So. Yep, probably go just as well for us as it does for her. Yes. All right. So uh, we see that Jerry breaks even in poker as well. Again, even Steven further pushing that he, you know that's his type. Yep. Uh, we then cut to we have the Regis and Kathy Lee. Kramer comes out. This guy is Bonkos. <laughs> I mean, that Whatever. outfit that he's wearing is Bonkos. He's got like a, you know, like a, almost like a smoking jacket with a with an ascot kind of thing or and whatever. Then, and then some sort of super colorful patterny shirt under it that you can barely yeah. see. It's insane. Yep. But like, I will say th- this whole little thing is it's got some fun energy to it. But when he pops the legs on his on his coffee table book, uh, yeah. the reaction from the crowd, like both crowds, the the Regis it's, crowd yeah, it seemed, they, seemed genuine. It's, it's good. And you know what? I was like, that is a great reveal because we've also been like leading up to that this entire like half of the mm-hmm. season, like the back half of the season and man that reveal of the coffee table legs was just awesome it was very good very funny moment um i also i mean talking of uh how much you liked kathy lee how about you know how much uh kramer liked kathy lee he gave <laughs> yeah. her a big big one <laughs> looks like you got some tongue in there <laughs> yeah yeah good good for him i guess so yeah. yeah um then some weird moments i like the, the the flip is really good i do not like the spitting out of his coffee for no fuck or his water for no reason there was no setup for that it was just like kramer's just gonna volatile kramer and i it made no writing sense and so i i kind of had a problem with that where it, he kind of you know flubs up the whole interview because he spits out his water why did he spit out his water uh it doesn't that, there was no reason yeah. Yep. Um. So 100% exactly with you on that. I actually, as much as I enjoy this interaction, I think the ultimate punchline of Kramer having his spastic event really kind of ruins this little moment here. It, not that it ruins the episode, but I'm like, it kind of just like, it just felt like, oh, we don't know how to end this. So mm-hmm. let's do this. They didn't say even like, oh, be careful. That's hot or something. Or, or yes. like there was no setup. He just becomes Kramer and, you know. 
unfortunately, I feel like that's how he's kind of used this entire episode. Yes. Um, even he with, just starts flailing yeah. for like no reason, like multiple times. Yeah, especially with like the Littman stuff and everything. Yeah. We'll just talk about it now because we're talking about it. But yeah, I do not like how they. I mean, ultimately, I like the stuff they do. Like obviously the reveal of the legs on the the thing, but yeah. on the book, but. Then it just the scene just ends so abruptly with that, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that was just kind of stupid. Like he's Kramer's not that crazy of a person. I mean, I guess he is. Is he becoming that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is this yeah. is this the caricature Kramer that he's sort of gonna become? But he's not that stupid. No, he's not. All we needed was one little reason why, like anything, and they gave us nothing. He just starts spitting it out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's a it's a sad way to end that scene and a sad way to sort of end the whole the, the coffee table book thing. Yeah. Yep. All right. At the apartment, Elaine and Jerry discuss the whole even Steven thing. Uh, she's fascinated by it. So she just takes 20 bucks from him, throws it out the window just to see if he'll get it back. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. There you go. And I love the look on her face and the look on his face. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what the fuck are you yeah. doing? And she's just like, huh? Huh? What do you think? <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, George walks in with the 20 bucks. I think that's awesome. I <laughs> Perfect. Mean, Perfect. Nice little nod there. Um, I mean, granted, Jerry could have gotten that back, but, you know, George is on his high, so he's going to be fine. Uh, but, well, he's, but, but I do like hmm. that Jerry doesn't even ask for it because Jerry True. knows the laws of the universe. He's like, okay, yeah. th- I can't. I'm not going to. What am I going to do? P- tell George it's mine? You know, like, that's stupid. I like that he doesn't even try. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. All right. Uh, and George, he's just, he's so happy right now. He's got his little, you know, his little quote here. Um, you know, up was down, black was white, good was bad, day was night, with yeah. Jerry and Elaine filling in those last uh, two little lines. Yeah, that was a good, we've seen that throughout it's the good co- timing. It's very good timing. Uh, you know, it, this one's a little bit easier because they only had one words to remember, but we've seen little back and forth like that this season, and I always love when they happen. Yeah, they're enjoyable. Uh, so the woman that he's dating right now, her uncle has, uh, is a, works for the Yankees and he's getting George a job interview. And so right now I'm like, okay, they are really doing some setup here. Um, we are getting ourselves ready for season six yeah. on the whole st- the Yankee stuff. So very cool. Yeah, and I liked it. I was like, oh, I forgot. It's the opposite is how he gets the job as the Yankee. Because I've been kind of thinking, I'm like, man, when are the, when is the Yankees going to show up, you know? And mm-hmm. we should probably save this for the wrap-up. But, you know, if we discussed it years ago, I would have thought he was going to be working for the Yankees before season five. But uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll pick up this conversation in our next episode, the season five yeah. wrap-up. Sounds good. All right. Um, they all head out, and Jerry puts on his jacket, and he finds a $20 bill in one of the pockets. <laughs> Whoa, just, is what Elaine says. I, you know, I love that scene. Just that whole scene ah. from beginning to end was fantastic. Okay. All right. We then cut to Libman's office. He's meeting with Kramer. Um, we get a little cameo from the Cigar Store Indian. <laughs> Got that on the notes right here. <laughs> Kramer just kind of pops on. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, nice throwback. I, you know, got to appreciate that. So Lipman still sick, uh, but he's canceling any other TV appearances. He's just, he doesn't say he's canceling the book. He only says he's canceling any more TV appearances. I mean, he's but, not wrong after that piss poor performance by Kramer. Yeah, but like. We still never get any more from the coffee table book, do we? Well, I guess we'll find out if there are any more references. But I think this is the end of it. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't say that the book's not happening. Yeah. He just I, says, I assume moving forward that um, he's probably just going to be getting residual checks and that's it from the coffee table book. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, I do like his lines like, 
even Sonya Live. Oh, I, I love her. She's a doctor. I got a thing for her. <laughs> yeah. uh, I never even heard of Sonya Live, so I did have to look it up. But it was a legit talk show. It ran from 87 to 94, so it didn't last much longer than probably this episode came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, all right. At the, Yan- at the Yankee interview, George, he's being very honest. He's being opposite. Uh, he tells the guy about his failed jobs. You want to say who the guy is. Yeah, I was going to yeah. do it, but I, I see it in your eyes, Corey. I'm so Just excited. Tell, tell everybody who this guy is. It's Paul Gleason, and we know and love him from Trading Places and, of course, yeah. The Breakfast Club. But uh, yeah. and Zach Die and Hard. And Die Hard. Die and, Hard. Yep, of course. And Zach and I uh, uh, review Trading Places on Podcasting After Dark. So if you want to enjoy some yes. 80s uh, raunchy comedy and, and, and whatnot, then go check that out. But, man, his character in, in Trading Places was fantastic. Yeah. Clarence Beeks. He was yeah. kind of like this. Kinda, I don't know. I'm not quite a private eye kind of guy, but he's, he's an intimidating, in, like an industrial saboteur or something. Yes. like something like that. Yeah, it seems great. Cool. Can, oh, it's so good, man. Oh, trading places, yeah. man. <laughs> but I love a, more good callbacks. Uh, this guy asks George what he did last did for work, and he tells him brutally honest. Again, not not lying. He tells him, oh, the last job I had, I got fired for having sex with a cleaning lady." <laughs> Boom! That is a callback to uh, the Red Dot episode. Yep. Uh, you know, the cashmere. Um, also says another place uh, he got fired for not being able to use his boss's private bathroom. Again, another throwback to episodes that we've actually mm-hmm. seen. So I really, really appreciated that. Yes. Then George Steinbrenner walks by. Uh, of course, not the real George Steinbrenner. It's how they do George Steinbrenner, which is you never really see his face. Um, and his voice, of course, is Larry David. Yep. George just tears into him about how he handles the team. Again, doing the opposite of what most people would do and probably should do, which is, oh, you know, say something nice about him and be like, oh, I'm so happy to hopefully be working here. And he's like, no, fuck you. Like, you're screwing up the team and, you know, you're you're making uh, them just kind of piss poor right now. And we get the very strange line, hire this man, which <laughs> really wasn't even timed all that well to the voice that was that <laughs> they didn't they didn't put. Larry David's voice perfectly with that guy's the, the uh, shadow. Silhouette. Yeah. 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 The shadow. That's just, that's just me being nitpicky. Um, but obviously the opposite is still very much working for George. Yeah. I loved it. That was great, man. That was fantastic. At pendant, Tina, the old roommate from way back is who is Elaine's subletting her half of the room comes by and is saying that Elaine is getting kicked out. So she's all upset about this. Like what the heck's happening? I would have liked a little bit maybe more of a build-up to this, maybe. Mm. You know, like, I don't know. Like, we've yeah. never actually uh, seen I, I Elaine agree. be terrible as a, like, you know, I don't know. They all of a sudden have a list of grievances. It sounds like there should have been something just to lay a groundwork for that, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I get absolutely see that. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, we're at Monk's. Jerry's there with Rachel. This is like the third straight episode. Or not third straight, but three episodes that we've seen with Rachel, the Schindler's List girl from the Hamptons. And, um, well, it's also Jerry. It's also interesting because I think we mentioned it in the Hamptons episode last week where uh, that was production code going to be the final episode. And she was there and now she's here. But maybe so, maybe maybe they, they, they obviously produced them not in that order. The production code is what they I think what they wrote them in or what they were going to maybe produce them in. Maybe. But then at the same time, so looking at the Wikipedia for this episode, it says that this episode was shot first in season five, but it was always intended to be the season finale. So the okay. production codes now are confusing me because yeah. I've used the production codes that I've seen before on working with like TV and things like that are 
how you shoot them. But right. the production code on this one is five two two or something like that. And so it was shown like it was supposed to be later. But maybe they did theirs. I don't know how they did theirs. It confused me is what it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Jerry has a kind of a funny little stand-up bit about, uh, you know, if you are if you were gay and you were dating someone uh, around the same size, boop. Boom, you double your wardrobe right there. Yeah. Honestly, just, I mean, yeah. I honestly thought that was kind of funny. I was like, okay, yeah, that yeah. actually makes sense. That was pretty decent. Uh, but Rachel, I guess, kind of ends things after after these couple episodes. She Things are done, and she decides to dump him, and he's just like, eh, that's all good. No worries. <laughs> yeah. Things even out for him. He's really so nonchalant about this. Yeah, and then he, like, he leaves the tip, and he's like, well, good luck. And when he gets up, he's singing, she'll be coming around the mountain yeah. when she comes. <laughs> I have, like, exactly. I love Jerry's energy here. This is, uh, even Steven is one of my favorite Jerry's. Okay, fair enough. All uh, right, at the apartment, George lets Jerry know that he got the job. And I do really like this line. Ruth, Garrick, Mantle, DiMaggio, Costanza. <laughs> like, exactly. The, putting that name with all of those other just all-time great names is funny. It's, uh, it's one thing is not like the others. <laughs> but I also did like when he said, I'm back in business, baby. I'm ba- <laughs> you get a, one of his good babies. One of his good babies, yep. Yes. Uh, Elaine comes up and things aren't going very well for her. No. So I do like that, uh, you know, cause she's getting kicked out of her apartment and George is going to get a new apartment. He's going to move out. He said, well, you can always move in with your, with his parents. And she intimidates the <laughs> shit out of him. It's so good. She's fucking, yeah. she's like, was that what you were, what your instinct was to say or the exact opposite? And he's like, uh, instinct. She's like, you should stick with the opposite and gives him a good smack on the forehead. Yes, I love yes. it when George gets smacked on the forehead. It's great. And it really does tie in. There's been other times, even in this season, I believe earlier, he said that Elaine kind of scares him. Yeah. And these are those moments that you see, you're like, yeah, yeah. There's a good reason why she scares him. <laughs> and I know that in this episode, they're doing the whole teeter totter with it's kind of like basically Jerry's in the middle and his friends are going up and down and he's mm-hmm. even. Um, but later on, we're going to see that when George doesn't have sex and or when, yeah, when George doesn't have sex, right, he, he becomes smarter. And then uh-huh. so again, there will be another thing that make basically Elaine and George are sort of tied together, you mm-hmm. know, and have yeah. a, a thing going on. This felt this feels like sort of the beginnings of that or like a, a, a different version of that coming later exactly i mean because exactly as jerry puts it you know at one point you were up and uh, he was down now he's up and you're down you see how everything evens out for me mm-hmm. i like how jerry turns it on to him like this is really yeah. about him yeah. more than anybody yeah. <laughs> me too so. hey everybody Corey here i just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. 
We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. All right. At Pendant, uh, Littman is about to go talk to, uh, I think it's a Japanese company, about merging, which is, which is going to save Pendant Publishing. Uh, he walks out and accidentally leaves his handkerchief. Hey, there's finally a tie-in to that comic bit at the very beginning. Um, and he, so he doesn't have it. And Elaine can't talk properly because she's eating juji fruits the way that I eat juji fruits. <laughs> now... I have a bit of a problem with this. This is just my own tearing up on this. She is eating juji fruits when she's talking to Jake Jarmel, and you can understand her just fine. And now she's just overdoing it. <laughs> and I just want to be like, fucking chipmunk that. Move it to the side. You can talk just fine. This would not happen. Or get the fuck off your ass and walk over the damn handkerchief to him. Yeah. 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 Well, 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 I wouldn't want to touch that handkerchief. That's just me. But yeah, in in No, maybe- no, no. Handkerchief it's the same thing. It's same as like your own towel rules. You know, yes, we all wipe our balls with our towels and our asses and then it's and then you just like, you know, in the next day when you're showering with your own towel, it, it, but, but right, but I'm not forgets. touching. I'm not touching your towel, though. Like, oh, you would touch my towel. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're touching my towel. You touch my balls too, but that's a different story. <laughs> God, season of sleaze, guys. Next season, season of class. And, yeah, and mine don't. Mine don't hang as low as yours do. Not yet. Not yet. They don't. <laughs> yeah, I got like seven more years before that's the case. Yep. <laughs> All right. But that that's just me being nitpicky, but I I thought she was a bit overacting and I know that was part of the whole thing. Um but, you know, whatever. Uh so because he doesn't have the handkerchief and he's sick, he doesn't want to shake hands with the main Japanese guy, uh which insults the dude and oh shit, everything kind of falls apart. I mean, uh Obviously, the man's sick. Like, he, well, obviously, when the translation was going wrong, he could have been like, "Hey, translator, I'm sick. I'm yes. the one that's sick. I don't want to." Di-. I figured. I feel like that could have been easily squashed, yeah. but Littman, or maybe Littman's just too weak to do it. He's like, "Oh God, what's happening?" Maybe you know. Yeah, I mean, it's in my head is who gives a fuck about that guy? Shake his hand, save your company. Yeah, let that guy. <laughs> but get but sick. it does. The guy, the Japanese guy, uh, flips it real fast, so he really didn't have much of a. Much of an option, yeah. I guess, yeah. So, all right, George moves out. We get a nice little quick scene with the Costanzas. Always love seeing Frank and Estelle. We, we get George get smacked in the head again. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Frank does a great pop right on his head, just like he's done so many times. Uh, so I have to appreciate that, and I do love. I uh, really appreciate at the end of this scene. George gives them a very sentimental, caring goodbye. Uh, it's kind of a nice little tag. I mean, to explain basically to the audience where Jerry's talking to Kramer opposite uh, okay that's he doesn't really mean this it's so. great that's great it's funny yeah uh at monks elaine is now wearing regular clothes very just like you know hoodie and a jean jacket um pendant publishing it's fallen apart elaine realizes she's the new george she has become george and in walks george with this whole suit thing that actually looks really ugly to me um and he's happy as shit and he orders his usual. You know what he. You know what he gets, darling. Um, and I'm a little bit. Here's here's a little thing for me. 
Another me nitpicking. His now now his instinct is to get chicken salad on rye. So does this mean that he needs to start doing the opposite of that? Because his instincts have changed over time. So where does this stand? I'm kind of confused by it. Yeah, I don't know what they were trying to say with that. Because if it is the usual, then is the opposite now the normal? And if so, does his karma like yeah. line back it's, up again you know what i mean I, when I don't you know when you really works. think about it yeah you know, when, you, when you when you really think about it it is confusing <laughs> when you really like when you really think about it what he should be doing is always changing it in like soup today yeah. like that's his he, because if his normal if george's everything in his fiber of being is to get the same thing all the time then the opposite would be get something different every single time so yeah what what are you the op doing the opposite yeah. of and there's so many different way, uh, ways ways yeah. you can take it so yeah all right, so they're kind of done with them, their meal, and they're leaving some money for the check, and Jerry leaves too much. Kramer's like, ah, oh, that's too much, which one Kramer would never say. Kramer wouldn't care. He would just, and, you know, and Jerry's just like, eh, let's call it even. Yeah. And ha, 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 ha. Uh, and then we get a stand-up on coffee accessories. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Coffee is a drink that seems to encourage a lot of accessories around it. Coffee cake, coffee table, coffee table book, clashes of people. I don't know what clashes mean, guys. <laughs> and by the way, the subtitle spelled it differently uh, than the than the the transcript that I used. Um, so I'm not sure what the correct thing is, but K L A T C H E S, clashes of people. I don't know what that means. Social gathering. Especially for coffee and conversation. Oh, okay. So that's actually <laughs> yeah for that. Legit. Legit. Guys and gals, this is literally the first time I've ever even heard S of that SAT word. word right yeah, there, baby. There you go. So you know what? Let's just uh, start from the top again. We'll just just we'll go right through it. Coffee's a drink that seems to encourage a lot of accessories around it. Coffee cake, coffee table, coffee table book, clashes of people. Say what you want about alcohol, but not only are there not a lot of optional accessories, alcohol actually helps you get rid of things family home job driver's license in fact at a certain point the only thing you have to remember the only thing you have to remember to get is more alcohol and maybe a rag for your squeegee <laughs> yeah is it a rag for your squeegee because you're gonna be homeless and you're gonna be doing the oh, you know, oh thank you uh, yeah, okay. yeah 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 is the coffee book the tie-in to mm. that uh, that last stand-up. I think stand so. I, just, I think okay, so. that's got to be it. Yeah. All right. Here are my thoughts on The Opposite. This episode uh, has really done a lot to set up season six. Possibly more than any other season finale has done to set up the next season of Seinfeld. Because we get the Yankee stuff. Um, we get Elaine down, which we know is going to kind of lean in towards the Mr. Pitt stuff. Um, it's just crazy. Elaine is down. George is up. Elaine is down, George is up, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria, <laughs> yeah. is all I'm going to say. Uh, but because of that, I actually think the episode lacks some closure. Um, we don't wrap up everything, and you know, usually with sitcoms, things wrap up, and they're kind of back set back to normal before they move on. And I kind of felt that it, it hurts it a little bit as a single episode. So... Um, it's good that it moves some things in the overall story arc, as we're going to see in season six. But, you know, just nothing was really, really settled for me. Um, there's some good lines. There's some wonderful moments. The Kathy Lee and Regis, you know, popping up of the book is good. Kramer isn't really utilized 
very well, other than like that t- that spot. Kramer's random flailing bothered me uh, that he does in Lippman's office as well, and then like the 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 no setup of the coffee thing, and there's a couple other issues here that just kind of bugged me. Um, I actually kind of felt this was more of a season opener episode than it was a season ender episode, so I didn't love how it how it kind of ended for me. Um, still good episode because it's Seinfeld, but I honestly consider this a middle of the pack episode. Mm. Which is always okay, you know. It's 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 always okay. I give it right in the middle of the pack, two point five out of five chicken salads on rye. Holy cow! <clears throat> okay, all right, and that's interesting. That's uh, that is right smack dab in the middle, isn't yeah. it? Um, I thought it was better than than middle personally. Um, mm-hmm. I liked the energy of Jerry this whole entire episode. It's one of my favorite Jerry bits. Uh, I think George was fantastic this episode. I loved to I lo- he and he was winning in a way that didn't make me annoyed at him, which I always enjoy. It also, like you said, sets up a lot of things moving forward, which I also kind of felt needed at this point. I was honestly mm. getting a little fatigued by by where the characters were. So I think personally, it was the perfect spot to now kind of do a, a moving forward. Like, like mix up, you know, kind of get Elaine going in a different direction and Jerry and or uh, George in a different direction. Um, I didn't love how Kramer was utilized. Yeah. I think that exactly what we said and what you said, the flailing is just it, it was too much. It was it was a caricature of Kramer. It wasn't yeah. like a character. It wasn't really Kramer. I was just like, okay, that's a bit much. Especially when the the, the Lippman sneezing thing, because first off, Lippman sneezes weren't even that like extreme they were just sneezes and Kramer acted like an alien that had never heard someone sneeze before in his life and I was like that's that's a bit over the top although I do like the Regis and Kathy Lee stuff uh Elaine's thing this episode wasn't you know it wasn't the best like she wasn't the the best utilized in this episode but I think moving forward where they're going to set her up with is going to have some more options and finally the, the another negative thing I had was I didn't think there was any setup to having her lose her apartment to the point yeah. where I almost forgot that was even a thing. So I was like, yeah. okay. As much as we like seeing her old roommate come back, because we discussed that. We're like, oh, when are we going to see her again? And we always like her. Um, but at the same time, I was like, but but where did this even come from? Because the, Elaine there was almost like- There was no reason to have um, – uh, her, the, the the roommate come back at all like it was literally only just to like because they had no other way to get her out of her apartment quickly they're just like hey someone's just gonna come in and tell her and that's just weak writing and there's there are multiple spots of weak writing in this episode yeah no i i completely agree and of all the people in that group would you think elaine would be the one that would be a shitty you know uh, roommate or you know it's just no. like i don't know it just didn't fit the character elaine, that well you're getting kicked out <laughs> <laughs> it's great to see her. Though. I love her. Um, but yeah, dude, it's it's. I liked it a bit more than you. Um, but at uh-huh. the same time, I I just I I just I wanted to like it more than I did. And I look because as much as I love Jerry and George in it, but I am going to have to give this one <laughs> three mouthful of juji fruits out of five. Let me, you love your handkerchief. Okay, but yeah, I do. I mean, it, it's a great, it's a great episode. It's a lot of fun. It's and I like where it's going. But you, you nailed it on the head when you said 
as a standalone episode, it really mm-hmm. kind of falls flat. So my question to you, because sometimes this happens, did you adjust your scoring because of my low scoring? Uh, not because of your low scoring. It, I, I was covering around a four before we started talking. It okay. wasn't because of like your score. It was because of the fact that you, you know, our discussion brings to light the, and, the yeah. bad, the bad, the, the bad writing. This this episode did not have the best writing. Yes, and I was considering it during our conversations to move up to a three. Um, but you know what? I actually already did the math for the season five episode with uh, this in place. So I'm like, screw it. I'm sticking to my what I what I had on it. So, yeah. 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 So, OK. Yeah. But it was still a fun episode. And I yes, really I really like where it's going. And I totally forgot that this was this was how George got the, the Yankee, how he gets the Yankee mm-hmm. job. I was like, oh, we're finally getting there. So which we never see Clarence Beaks again, even though, you know. He's obviously part of the uh, the Yankees. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. What okay. are you going to do? So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, buddy. All right. Well, next week we'll be doing our wrap up episode. Then we will have a week of hiatus, as you guys all know. And then we'll be back with season six. But until that happens, oh, man, there are so many awesome shows to listen to over at the BFOP network, the Blast From Our Past network. A few of those shows are Blast from Our Past podcast with Adam and John. And uh, tell us about that, buddy. Yeah. Over 150 of those shows <laughs> are Blast from Our Past. We've been uh, doing it for uh, over three years now, and we've been really enjoying it. Uh, but yeah, John and I, my brother, uh, my brother from the same mother, <laughs> uh, we, uh, we talk all things nostalgia, whether it's film reviews, TV show reviews, we do fan castings, we do album reviews. And we do top 10 lists, and uh, we really enjoy it. And I'm going to go ahead and throw out uh, Throwback Trivia Takedown. It's another podcast I do with that same brother from the same mother uh, where we do pop culture trivia from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So if you guys like trivia, if you just like reviews, or if you seem to just like me, then go over and check it out. (laughs) Um, But what I can guarantee that you're going to enjoy is listening to my man Corey and our friend Zach talking all things kind of cult crazy nostalgia i would say <laughs> on their podcast podcasting after dark yes sir we uh we look back at cult movies from our nostalgic youth if the blast from our past is the bright shiny spot of the 80s and 90s then the uh then podcasting after dark is the dark shadow so we talk about movies like i come in peace the warriors those are a bit more mainstream but we do get a little bit uh weirder with like uh 315 the moment of truth with adam baldwin which i had never heard of in my entire life until Zach had me watch it. So <laughs> even yeah. I'm seeing new stuff on that podcast. Thanks to Zach. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say a good 60% of what y'all do, I've never even heard of. I know. Adam, every every time Adam's like, I have no idea what that movie even is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we have fun over there. Um, we do the same thing that we do here, the same thing that Adam and John do. They kind of walk through every all the movie and break it down. Uh, we do that as well. Zach and I do that as well. Uh, but we also interview um, celebrities. Mm-hmm. We also have a spinoff show over there called TV Obscura, where we talk about uh, obscure TV shows from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, by the time you listen to this, that episode of TV Obscure, the newest episode of TV Obscure will be out this week at the same time as this episode. And we are talking about uh, <laughs> Shazam, the 1975 TV show Shazam. Plus, we're talking about Manimal, which I believe was 1984, and Misfits okay. of Science, which was 1985. And uh, the connection of Manimal and Misfits of Science is they were both destroyed by Dallas in the ratings uh, on Friday night. So they 
it, they didn't make it very far. Most like most uh, shows in the '80s did not make it past uh, Dallas, unfortunately. So, yeah. but uh, it's good times. And uh, if you want more nostalgic fun, as always, please please check out our pals Tim and Dean over at Talking Back. They go through a bunch of stuff: video games, movies, comic books. Uh, they're right now they seem to be on a Star Trek kick. Uh, they went through all the Predator franchises, so they're I mean they're tackling all the stuff that we're pretty sure you guys are gonna love over there, and they do a great job. So please check them out. And Adam, where where can you find our entire back catalog of episodes? Exactly. If you're listening to this uh, not on that crazy thing that I'm about to mention called Patreon, if you're listening to this on like just like a random iTunes or Spotify or whatever, then you're realizing, wow, where are all the previous seasons? Did these guys only jump in in season five or season four or wherever that you started? No, we started from the beginning. And we have put all of those episodes on our back catalog on our Patreon feed for the insane low, low price of one dollar. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I beat you to it this time, Corey. You did. You did. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, check it out. They're all ad free because you guys, if you're listening to this, you probably are listening to it with the ads, which are, you know, you're probably sick of hearing my voice talk about <laughs> Blast from our past. <laughs> all thing. these things that we already plug. Um, but. You know what? You get that cut, and um, yeah, you can really enjoy, and you can support a podcast that we really try to push ourselves to make sure we stay everything on time and give you all quality content. Yeah, and and we appreciate all the Patreon members that we have, and honestly, uh, it's it's been growing lately. It seems ever since the election, people's buttholes have kind of uh, <laughs> unpuckered a little bit, and uh, and yeah, we've been getting a pretty steady stream of, of uh, subscribers, which is great, and people are also commenting on Patreon, so the community is growing as well so we appreciate all of you and uh you know if you are a patreon member and you have a couple seconds please leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts because it's still like the number one podcatcher out there the, the best place for new people to find us and everything so all right well this was the finale of season five but not the season five finale of cartwright so we will see you next week with the wrap-up Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.